Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. What a whirlwind of a week it's been in the world's second largest economy. The Chinese Communist Party celebrated the 100-year anniversary of its founding. The country's biggest bank has walked away from plans to finance a $3 billion coal plant in Zimbabwe. And scientists say an ancient skull could shed new light on the origins of the human species. With all this, plus a look at the travails of China's biggest ride-sharing app, Didi, here are the biggest stories of the past seven days. China's top watchdog says that some 4 million government and Communist Party officials across China have been punished for graft in almost nine years since the launch of President Xi Jinping's far-reaching nationwide anti-corruption dragnet. According to Xiao Pei, a deputy chief of the party's Central Commission for Discipline Inspection, authorities have handled 3.8 million such cases following the conclusion of the 18th National Congress of the Communist Party of China in 2012. Xiao spoke at a press conference that was held to mark the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party and reported on the results of the nationwide anti-corruption crackdown that began in late 2012. It was that year when President Xi, upon assuming leadership of the party, urged inspectors to go after both high-ranking officials and lower-ranking cadres, the tigers and flies of the administration. In other big news on the graft-busting front, an appeals court has increased sentences in a fraud case related to Hong Kong-Zhuhai-Macau Bridge, the world's longest sea crossing. The appeals court in Hong Kong raised the sentences of 11 laboratory workers and a contractor who were found guilty of falsifying test results for materials used to build the 55-kilometer bridge. They are among the 18 workers of Jacobs, China, who in 2019 were convicted of conspiracy to commit fraud and handed down sentences or community service orders. However, their sentences were increased up to two years in prison after the city's judicial authorities deemed the original punishments to be too light and sought a review. A three-judge bench at the Court of Appeals of the High Court handed down the sentences Friday after the review, 
saying that this case was, quote-unquote, particularly serious compared to other cases of its kind. American brokerage Morgan Stanley downgraded China's real estate sector. According to a note published Thursday, the company dropped its recommendation on the country's property market from attractive to in line. Bloomberg reports that Morgan Stanley made the move, citing risks that policymakers may take further steps to cool the overheated market and further prompt developers to reduce debt. There have also been major developments when it comes to COVID-19 vaccines. The shot by Chinese drugmaker Sinovac Biotech has been found safe and effective for children as young as three. That's the conclusion of a study published in British Medical Journal of the Lancet Infectious Diseases. According to the study, the results of clinical trials for Coronavac, an inactivated virus vaccine developed by Sinovac, showed that minors aged between 3 and 17 produced an immune response against COVID-19 after receiving two doses. The results appear to validate China's authorization of Sinovac's vaccine for emergency use on children as young as 3 last month, becoming the first major country to do so. According to the study, a total of 552 participants aged 3 to 17 were involved in Phase 1 and Phase 2 clinical trials, which were conducted from October to December in Zanhuang County, North China's Hebei province. Most received a two-dose regimen within 28 days. China's services sector expanded at its slowest pace in 14 months in June, dragged by slowdowns in business activity and new orders. That's according to a Caixin-sponsored survey published Monday. The Caixin China General Services Business Activity Index, which gives an independent snapshot of operating conditions in the sector, fell to 50.3 in June from 55.1 the previous month. A number above 50 indicates an expansion in activity, while a figure below that points to a contraction. The index, better known as the Caixin China Services PMI, showed the services sector expanded for a 14th consecutive month, but at the slowest rate since April 2020. China's largest lender, ICBC, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, has ditched its plans to bankroll a 3 billion U.S. dollar coal plant in Zimbabwe. That's according to a June 18th email seen by Bloomberg, which says that the lender told GoClean ICBC, an ad hoc body representing 32 environmental groups, that it won't fund the 2,800-megawatt Sengwa coal project in northern Zimbabwe. Speculation is growing that the bank made the decision over environmental concerns. The same Bloomberg article says that Western and South African banks have come under increasing pressure from shareholders not to fund developments that could contribute to climate change, leaving Chinese lenders as one of the last funding sources, but adds that this door may now be closing as China seeks to burnish its own environmental credentials. While the news may come as a disappointment to coal developers, it may be lauded by climate activists. And finally, the show would not be complete if we did not mention the Dragon Man skull. Chinese scientists announced that a fossilized skull dating back more than 146,000 years represents a new human species. The ancient bone may therefore shed new light on mankind's origins and evolution. An international research team led by Ji Chang, a professor at Hebei Geo University, made the announcement in a paper which was published in peer-reviewed scientific journal The Innovation. 
G said that the new species is closely related to Homo sapiens, that's us, and therefore lays a foundation for human study on the origin of Homo sapiens. The new species has been named Homo longi, or Dragon Man, after Heilongjiang province, or Black Dragon River province in English, where the skull was reportedly discovered in 1933. Let's turn now to Caixin Global podcast producer Nandini Venkata, co-producer of our program. Welcome back, Nandini. Hey, Kaiser. Great to be here. So, Nandini, we are counting on you to fill us in on what's been happening with China's dominant ride-hailing app, Didi. Uh, the last week has been quite a rough ride, so to speak. Definitely not five stars. Uh, can you give us a rundown? Yeah, that's putting it mildly. The company has definitely had quite a roller coaster ride of a week. So, why don't we start with its U.S. IPO? On Wednesday, the company made its public debut on the New York Stock Exchange. And I guess in many ways, this looked like a huge success for the company. Um, it actually scored the second biggest US IPO by a Chinese company. And the IPO valued DD at almost 68 billion US dollars. Now, obviously, um, to a lot of us, that sounds like a crazy huge amount of money. But um, Didi had reportedly actually been hoping to make as much as 100 billion US dollars. So it seems that it significantly missed the mark in its public debut. But soon after the IPO, things took a rather unexpected turn, no? Yeah, this is where the drama then begins. On Friday, the Cybersecurity Review Office announced that it was investigating Didi for national security and data risks. So this means that while Didi is under review, new users will not be able to register for the company's ride-hailing service. And then on Sunday came yet another dramatic plot twist. China's cyberspace regulator called for Didi's app to be taken down from domestic app stores. And this all seems to trace back to concerns about data breaches. So to be more specific, the watchdog has said that verified complaints have shown that Didi has seriously violated laws and regulations in its collection and use of personal information. The company is therefore being called upon to correct these issues in line with national laws and standards. And I should add that soon after this was announced, Didi did put out a statement saying that it would comply with the regulator's orders. Um, it has also said that the order will not affect existing users of the Didi app or indeed its drivers. So should we understand this as part of Beijing's broader efforts to step up scrutiny and regulation of its tech giants? Yeah, that's right. I think China is stepping up its scrutiny of these big companies, um, mainly for two reasons. So first of all, there are concerns about antitrust issues. So obviously, huge companies like Tencent or Alibaba have enormous influence so there seem to be concerns that they could abuse their market dominance and therefore engage in monopolistic actions. So this is something that Beijing wants to avoid. Now, going back to Didi, 
Um, in May, in fact, China's antitrust watchdog ordered Didi and nine other leaders in on-demand transport to halt practices, um, including arbitrary price hikes to unfair treatment of drivers. Um, drivers on Didi's ride-sharing network reportedly earn 79% of what customers pay. Now, Didi has said it would improve its payment structure for drivers and fares for users. And there were also these putative data security concerns, right? So obviously, every single day, a lot of these companies are gathering huge amounts of data from their users. So there are obviously some serious questions about what happens with such user data, which you know can be sensitive and personal. Um, for example, questions might be: How is it handled? It, how is it stored? Who's who owns it? Is it shared with anyone else? And I guess this may also explain one reason why Didi didn't achieve the massive U.S. IPO it had been hoping for. Um, it seems that in this current uncertain climate for huge tech players, investors may have some reservations about betting heavily on such companies. Okay, thanks, Nadine, for filling us in. Yeah, thanks, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Caixin Global, SubChina, Sixth Tone, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.